Hi, I'm Darren Steele. I'm a writer, a transformational coach, and this is Think Queerly, a humane thought leadership podcast. Now, I'm laughing a little bit because it's probably taken me about 15 minutes to start this one podcast. There's a fire alarm going off on a building outside of me. I was just about to record and using Zoom to record video for the podcast and my internet crapped out. And I was like, okay, (laughs) how am I going to do this? Maybe I'm not supposed to record this episode. No, I'm here and I am going to do a little bit of housekeeping before I start and get into the content for today's episode. So first of all, what I want to share with you today is that there's been a little bit of a branding change and I'm just looking at my logo here. So if you are listening to the podcast, you've probably noticed when you saw this new episode uh, show up on your podcast feed that the graphic for Think Queerly looks a little bit different. It's a really rich background blue, used to be black, and I've changed some of the font a little bit. I only want to speak a few minutes about this because it's important to me to share with you the thought that went into changing this uh, logo and why it's so important to me. So uh, the font for the TH in the word think, and then the font, it's the same font for humane thought leadership. And my name is a, a kind of a courier font. So that's like that early typewriter computer font, right? So for me, that says like writer publishing. And then the INK in the word think is a pen script font. And to me, that's as if I was using my fountain pen to write, which is my dominant tool for writing out in the morning in my journal or when I'm not able to get clear on things and when I'm really digging deep into trying to develop an idea. So the blue is actually the ink color for my Waterman fountain pen. It is actually called Waterman Ink Blue. I kept the exact same font for Queerly, except I kind of neonized the pinky magenta so that I hope it just really stands out a lot more. It's a lot more vibrant and a lot more fun. So that's housekeeping bit number one. Now, my messaging for the overall podcast um i've i've sharpened up and cleaned up a little bit so in a nutshell my introduction is going to be this inspired by my ongoing study of the Tao Te Ching i share a philosophy of human heartedness a way of being that connects heart and mind improves open-minded flexibility, reduces contention, increases kindness, compassion, and understanding for the common good. So as a transformational coach, I work with creatives, entrepreneurs, and queer thought leaders. I practice and teach strategies based on neuroscience so that you can enjoy more peace of mind, freedom, and happiness in all areas of your life and live with integrity. So what I want to suggest is that go listen to the introductory episode 
episode zero. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you to listen to that because I just updated that earlier this week, which takes you through what Think Queerly as a podcast means today and why I've also included humane thought leadership in the show description, in the artwork as well. So with that said, that's a nice segue into what I want to talk about today, which is why we don't need to blindly follow a guru, a religion, or an ideology to be moral. Instead, I believe we need to practice a human-heartedness that starts with humane thought leadership. So what do I mean by that? You're probably already seeing the connection to how I've opened up the podcast telling you about why I changed my branding colors, why you should go listen to um, the introductory episode. In fact, what I might do is I might just splice it in at the very end so you can listen to it so you don't have to episode hop if you don't want to. So here's the thing. My title for today's show, that we don't need to blindly follow a guru, religion, or an ideology to be moral, it begs the question, why are so many people afraid to take personal responsibility for their actions that affect the common good? I don't want to label. I don't want to put people into particular categories and groups and say, for example, this group you probably know who I'm talking about, or you could probably think of particular groups of of your own on your own accord. You might even put yourself into that category because we've all done it, right? But when I say, why are so many people afraid of taking personal responsibility for their actions that affect the common good? Notice that I didn't say negative or damaging actions. Because I believe we have to take personal responsibility for our actions regardless of their intention. We need to be cognizant. We need to be mindful of the choices that we are making in our lives, especially if we intend for them to be beneficial, beneficent, meaning helping humanity with kindness and compassion and with the intention to do something good or for the betterment of society or the common good. Because what we think is good behavior or a good action or a right action or a moral action might not be perceived in the same way by others. Probably not too long ago I would have said that's nonsense. There is a right way to be moral. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, There are people that talk about the, the... look at that question as to whether or not um, we can understand through science if there should be some sort of a objective morality. That's not what I'm going to talk about here. I do want to talk about personal responsibility and what I mean by that, which is this. I don't mean personal responsibility at the expense of others or just for individuality. I mean personal responsibility in the sense of recognizing that you're not making decisions solely for yourself. Taking personal responsibility for me means taking ownership of the choices that you're making, but also recognizing that we're not alone in this world. We cannot disconnect ourselves 
from the fabric of humanity. We can't disconnect ourselves from the ecology of the the planet or from the fabric of the natural world because we are born of this world. We our genetic structure, our molecules are all part and parcel of the organic fabric that makes up this planet. So our actions have potential consequences. Uh, the, the, the short version is there are too many of us on this planet. We're consuming far too many of the resources. The way in which we're consuming the resources is creating a significant kind of pollution, air pollution, water pollution, soil erosion, and so on, that is damaging our ecology. And if we don't fix this shit sooner than later, the world will become inhospitable to human life and most of the land creatures we see roaming around, including most of the vegetation. So when we make any decision, we do need to think, I believe, more broadly about our impact, the potential consequences of that decision. And not only do we need to slow down instead of rushing into action, we want to be mindful of how our actions, our thoughts, our behaviors, our ideas will improve or harm the common good. So this is why I'm working on, and I have been talking about human-heartedness and this way of human-heartedness that I'm creating. It's a simple philosophy for the common good. Now, sometimes in the past I've asked myself, well, shouldn't I be standing up and, and fighting against what I perceive as wrong and participating in more activism, whether it be LGBTQ activism, uh, climate change, uh, standing up for indigenous rights? Yes and no. I'm not saying, no, I shouldn't partake in activism when it's the right thing for me to do. But the bigger issue that I'm really concerned about as a thought leader is how do we proceed? How do we lead ourselves on on the other side, on the side that I hope is the better side? How do we get from where we are now and all of the complications that are pulling at us from different directions and, and, and pulling at our attention, like, what should I stand for? What cause should I stand behind and support? Um, what, what battles should I fight in the sense of what injustices should I work to reconcile? Well, foot in the sand, I do not believe that religion, ritual, ritualistic spiritual traditions or ideologies of any kind are the solutions to our problems. So ideologies include illiberalism, populism, and other political ideologies. And this is why I said at the very beginning that we need something to guide us in how we act humanely with heart and mind instead of following someone or something which is prescriptive or dogmatic. We do not want to be following a set of rules to be judged by for compliance or lack thereof. Now, I am not... I'm not talking about anarchy. I'm not talking about everyone for themselves. I'm not talking about this absolute freedom of the individual. You 
I hope would have discerned from what I've said so far that freedom is freedom isn't what some people think freedom is. Some people think freedom is an absolute. There is no such thing as absolute freedom. Um, freedom is a value. Freedom is also a principle. And it is not a descriptive principle. Now, what that means is it, we can observe in the world gravity. You hold on to something, you let it go, it drops. That's a descriptive principle that we can say exists in science because we can measure gravity. We can determine that it's a consistent um, speed at which that apple falls. But freedom is not descriptive. It is normative in that human beings decide what is free. And for us to function for the common good, for us to function in a humane way and without biting each other's heads off or dropping nuclear bombs everywhere, we have to have some restrictions on certain freedoms. Freedom of speech is a perfect example. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say, but there might be consequences for what you say, especially if it's defamation. Um, especially if it really harms the safety or the dignity of another human being, as an example. So coming back to what I'm talking about, we need a path. We need a way that is not direct or obvious, since that would limit options and, and freedom of choice for how one can behave and interpret and best practice uh, this way of human heartedness, this way along the way. Now, you might think, oh God, here goes Darren again. He's being really nebulous. He's being really like confusing. What I mean is, what I'm espousing with the way of human heartedness is, for now anyway, six principles or values that when they work together, create something even greater. Call it a virtue, a virtue of human heartedness. And that the organic nature of practicing these values concurrently make us more all of those values and make us more of all of those values unified, which makes it, I believe, easier to not just recognize where there's inequity, imbalance, prejudice in the world, but to inspire others to follow along the same path, to recognize that we can be personally responsible for the way in which we behave without having to follow ritualistic or rigid dogmatic rules that might get us thrown in jail and that we as human beings can better manage ourselves when we act in a way that unites heart and mind and helps us to have better more balanced emotions so that we don't fly off the handles, so that we don't lose our temper, so that we 
know when we're going towards that yellow warning uh, on the meter that says, ding, 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 you're getting really close to the red line and you're going to blow your top. Now, wrapping up here, there are so many people that are much smarter than me in the areas of politics and religion and social organization and history and capital chain, uh, climate change and, and the pros and cons of capitalism. And I look to these individuals for information, for guidance and wisdom. And some of these people I'm going to try and bring on the podcast as guests so that we can have these kinds of deeper discussions to bring their insight to bear. We need these people and we need to participate in the many areas um, sorry, we need to participate in the many ideas uh, that they share um, and the strategies that they offer so that we can make evolutionary moral changes to how we act with respect to ourselves, with respect to the planet. Because how we treat ourselves is how we treat others, is how we treat the planet. And we have, I think, sadly, really grown too far away from our respect for the natural world and our belief that somebody else will take care of it or that there's things we just don't need to worry about. Um, maybe that's an aspect of false hope. It's one thing to have hope. It's quite another thing to use hope as a reason for not taking action. You can be hopeful, but you can also be inspired to act with hope while standing up to um, injustices and imbalances and inequity, but in a way that inspires others to listen to what you have to say and participate in a conversation from the heart and the mind connected. So, I believe that the way of human-heartedness is a unifying principle that is based in transcendent character traits and values. Now, these are how to practice non-contention, how to practice impartial observation, so observing without judgment, which doesn't mean never making a decision based on what you believe is right or wrong, but being able to, at the forefront, look at a situation with as little judgment or prejudice as possible how to lead with compassion, how to practice open-minded flexibility and yielding so that you can better understand what other people have to say and where they are coming from in their life. Humility is probably one of the most important practices. It is from humility that we get understanding because humility is about not so much serving others, but putting yourself almost beneath or below others in a sense of supporting them and that is like standing under to understand someone and finally oneness or unity or or the common good recognizing that we are all connected human beings and the planet and how we can work together for the betterment of humanity, how we can act more human, more humanely in our thoughts and from the heart. So in the meantime, I'm going to do my part to help those of you who are interested in building 
a stronger connection between heart and mind and how to lead yourself as an example for others and how to embody and how to practice uh, the values of human heartedness so that in whatever it is you do, in whatever creative projects you're bringing to bear, in your work as an entrepreneur, in your work, in your career, or in your job, or in your social set, as, as somebody who inspires your friends and your family, or in a group that you're involved in, so that you can be the leader without leading, so that you can inspire others by who you are being and in how you can create more equity, equity and, and act for the well-being for all life on this planet. So stay tuned, because in the coming weeks, I'm going to share with you more directly how you can take part and participate in the way of human-heartedness. I'm just going to add a little bit more of a conclusion here. I was very afraid to do this. Um, this podcast, this introduction, because yesterday I had a panic attack, an anxiety attack. Uh, It's not something that's normal for me, but I began to question everything I was doing. Uh, It became very close to a dark night of the soul, but it wasn't quite that. It's not that I was lost. It's just that I thought I was going to launch a short mini program to teach some strategies um, of self-mastery and nothing wrong with that. And I had the right structure, but I had the wrong content. And the content that I need to be teaching now is human heartedness. I'm still working on it. I'm still developing it. I'm still doing my research for my book, The Tao of Human Heartedness. And the only way that I can really grow more quickly in the practice is to practice. I'm practicing these values, but I need to also practice with others. And that's my invitation to you, that I will be opening up a path, no pun intended here, for you to participate with me more exclusively. And that's what's that's what's happening. I'm not going to say anything more. As always, thank you so much for listening, for watching, and I look forward to speaking with you next time. Bye for now.